called Rohit. Welcome to my backyard. Yes, we are. Do you like the back? A beautiful backyard. Thank you. Thank you. It's a very tranquil setting. Indeed. Indeed. Pretty weather, too. Pretty weather, yeah, for the three months we'll get it. <laughs> Other than that, we'll probably be recording inside again. By the way, my pool machine in the last podcast, we named it Tony because it keeps on spraying, as you see, it almost sprayed you. So every time you hear a very disturbing sound or you feel something wet spray on you, it's Tony spraying water on you. So don't get offended. Um, anyways, how's it going again? <laughs> it's going all right. Oh, just life. It's life by the days. That's all you have to say. That's all I got to Nothing say. Nothing else interesting is happening. Well, anymore. yesterday we did have an event, a family friend event. Ooh. At our home. How'd that go? 35 families. 35 fam- families? Yes. In one house? One house. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a that's a load. Quite the load. Was it fun? It was, man. It was definitely was fun. Setting it up was not, but it was worth it. It was worth it. The setup is never fun. And the cleanup. I mean, the setup's not... I think cleanup's better because there's not much to put away. Yeah, the cleanup definitely is better because you right. have other families wanting to help you out. That is that So is you just true. take advantage of that. Um, okay, so we're here to take it a little bit deep. Last episode, we had a story time. This time, we're going to take it... Deep. Deep. We're going to take it real deep. Um, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. I think it's a very talked about... Um, topic is just right now at this moment there's a general fear surrounding it and I think we're gonna be here and Rohit's here that motorcycle is really going at it but Rohit's gonna be here to tell you it's okay you don't have to be scared but there are also legit reasons on why you should be scared so let's talk about that so you wrote a paper where you talked about the misconceptions of AI and how we use it every day without even knowing it why do you think AI has been generalized to this one thing where it basically induces a sense of fear? Fear sells more than, you know, uh, happiness or something. And if anything negative sells more than positive. Right. So, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know if this is for sure, but if, if you can think about back in 1900s when the car, the first car ride, the Ford car, they something I don't know the name of it mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure people were like well this seems dangerous right it's mechanical you right. know it's it doesn't have a lot of safety in it mm-hmm. at that time so people obviously there were people that were trying to put it down it's like you know this technology is you know well, what were the concerns with the car at that time I, as for, it's fast it was a lot faster than the uh, the ones before like a horse carriage okay so, so it's, it's fast and then it's mechanical right so it's like Unless if you don't have a... Well, it's made of, like, iron and steel and stuff, right? If if the person that's operating it is not experienced, there's ca- uh, there's a potential right. for killing for killing people. For, yeah. You know, sl- manslaughter. Manslaughter, okay. It. And that's the case with, like, every technology. When it first comes out, it's just so new that we can't help but be scared of it. And that's, like, the, this is the case with us whenever we try to go to a new place, even if it's, like better for us in some way mm-hmm. we're still scared of it because well you know it's a new we don't know what it is and so yeah i think it's just that the fear sells a lot more than you know saying that it's fine right and some of the fears about it are genuine right it, if, mm-hmm. if it gets into the wrong hands it can be quite destructive like the car and like AI. yeah like, any, like, like any powerful. technology ever yeah. but if we exercise the control and 
the safety uh, needed for it, for mm -hmm. that technology, then it would be fine. So what are the misconceptions? I mean, you, I read the article. Uh, what are the misconceptions you talked about? And in a way, what kind of frustrates you? Because you sound a little bit frustrated in the article that people don't know that AI is making their lives a little bit easier, right? Yeah. What are some of those um, misconceptions? The biggest one is that uh, people, when, when you ask people about AI, they're thinking of uh, Terminator or those really smart droids from Star Wars or something. The reality is, is that the AI that exists today, AI, because it's like a big umbrella, umbrella term. Right. But there's, it's not as, adva as advanced as you think it is. That was, was Tony. That, Tony? that was Tony's brain, his water. He's excited. Wow. <laughs> Go on. Anyhow, um, it, the AI that we have today... Oh, I get the joke. You got it? I got it. Good. <laughs> Good for me. <laughs> Sorry. Go on. <laughs> it's just that the AI that we have today is just not as advanced as people think it is. It's a lot more, I, I, su I suppose, realistic. Right. Wait, one common example would be chatbots. Like, if you, you ever go to a certain website, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, how can we help you? That's just AI. So right? that's classified under artificial narrow intelligence, right? Yes. That's the weak AI, the one task, the artificial one task, intelligence. Yeah. Okay. But the one that the, the AI that people tend to be worried about is called artificial general, general intelligence. intelligence. That's right. like the top notch, right? That's mm -hmm. the sort of the end goal. But th there he goes. That's, that's Tony. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. Go on. But that top-notch, you know, artificial gen gen general intelligence is not, it's not something achievable. At least that's what many experts say within the next hundred years. Okay. But that's the, that's one big uh, misconception. The other big misconception is that, is that it can adapt to whatever we want. The, the, the reason for one of the fears is that, well, it's AI, it learns on its own. So it means that it can learn whatever it want it wants. Right. It can adapt to whatever style it wants. Once again, it just goes back to my previous point is mm -hmm. that your AI is meant to adapt to a certain like it needs a certain amount of data. So there's there's like a subset of AI called machine learning, right? Right. You feed it data and then it makes models based on the data to predict the future values. They do that in stock trading in all different areas. Right? But the problem is is that you need to have more data. The more data it has, the mm -hmm. more it's able to predict accurately and adapt its m model. So, and, and, and for it to be able to adapt uh, optimally, it needs to have data that's clean. So usually what happens is that a lot of data, when it's in its raw form, is very uh, disorganized. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, like, it's not uh, sorted by its columns or certain values. It's just out there, it's just pure numbers and so what there's a process where you have to clean the data and then you know use it for um, analysis and feeding it to the model so to say that in the, the the AI wouldn't be able to adapt to the models as quickly if it doesn't have clean data so that's another issue right that's another misconception it's like AI you know can, can adapt you know to whatever tech, whatever it is that it can adapt. To. I mean, people it's aren't that. thinking that at this moment, are are they? That's one of the fears that I don't think it's not the biggest. I mean, it's one. a fear come out of the fact that there is a possibility where it can adapt, 
and yeah. that belief I don't think is too far fetched. Not too. No. Okay. Okay. Not too far fetched. Yeah. So overall, should we look at AI in more of a positive way, or are the fears that a lot of people seem to have legitimate? You should be. I'd say you should be ca- cautiously positive about it. Okay. Like it. it ha- if the technology is used correctly, mm-hmm. and you know within boundaries, as with any other technology, it'll work great. Okay. If not, if it gets into the wrong hands, it's not good. So, do you think that AI is feared solely because of pop culture, or are there other factors to it? To pop culture is definitely a big one. Because really, the only film that I can think of right now where AI is beneficial, right? Or helps out the individual, or maybe two, is Interstellar, and then they use it in Star Trek, right? Yeah. But there are a lot of films that outweigh those benefits. So, is it, again, solely pop culture, or are there other factors that are creating this general fear that's going on right now? I'd say pop culture is one of the bigger ones. The big, I'd say that's the biggest concern. Because okay. when you ask these people, like, why are you scared of AI? Well, you know, St- uh, Stephen Hawking said this, or Elon Musk said that. I mean, these are some legitimate people. These are legitimate people, yeah. So they have legi- leg- legitimate concerns. And so not all of their concerns are just unfounded. Like, some of the concerns are genuine. And some of the other factors, I'd say, is... Uh, you heard of the, you know, I think a few months ago there was the story about the some Facebook AI making its own language. AI chatbot, right? Yeah, the chatbot. Right. Um, what happened there was that it was creating, I think you had seen this too, is it kind of malfunctioned. It malfunctioned. They thought it malfunctioned, but it was creating patterns of a baby like a baby learning. It was talking random, like, it was just spewing out random words, right? Uh-huh. Like me, you, yeah, right? Yeah. And the researchers looked into it, the Facebook researchers looked into it and said, it was talking like a baby, and how a baby eventually adapts, and that's what was scary about the chatbot. But, if it was a malfunction, right? There, that, that's another... That's another... Risk. That's another potential risk. Yeah, that's another issue, another risk. But I believe the fear that was created out of it, right, was the fact that it was, again, speaking like a child. And, hey, you never know, like, if Facebook just said that to show that, oh, we're advanced, look at what our AI did, right? (laughs) It's in the baby stage. Or they just royally messed up, right? Probably, yeah. But I think... That's where you're right in the sense that we still have a long way to go. It's still a novel technology. It's, it it's still in its infancy at this moment. Yeah. So, do you think the fear also comes from the fact that it could also be used as a weapon in warfare? Oh, yeah. Definitely. You can, you can use it for self-guiding missiles, right? Right. So, imagine like a, a missile, it's preemptively targeted. It's, it has a preemptive target. Right. It, al- it already has a target set. So it's guiding itself to it, but the target is moved. Let's, mm-hmm. say, let's say people, for example, a group of people. Then what the AI could do is that it could actually 
turn itself, you know, it can actually turn itself, its trajectory midway, not even while it's close to them, like thousands of, maybe hundreds of thousands of miles, or even thousands of miles away. It can change its trajectory. Someone, playing, someone is playing some hardcore basketball. Oh, there you go. Tony got really violent just now also. Anyway, they can, they can basically do real-time tracking where they can adjust themselves based on moving based on the location of their target. So if the target's moving, it can move itself, its trajectory too, so that it almost becomes virtually like invincible until unless if someone shoots it down. Right. So that's another one. Another way you can use it is obviously uh, a cyber security attacks. Mm -hmm. So let's say you'd have a a worm, for example, right? This is hypothetical. I'm not saying this is actually might work. This might not even work, but let's say you have a, a virus where it's trained to extract other people's data from one person's account based on, like, let's say, like, you have a guy, he has a bank account, right? So once he gets into the bank account, there are certain other detail, details, right, that the bank knows besides the account number. So based on those details, uh, AI or machine learning, for example, it can be implemented in such a way that it can learn to find patterns, and based on those patterns, it can sort of unlock other people's accounts, so they can also, you know, grab money from their accounts. Okay. So that's one way it could be, you know, misused. I just feel like I'm giving ideas right now it's to not, the wrong it's people. It's not good, man. It's not good. <laughs> but, so, saying that, then, at this moment, do you think government regulation of AI is needed? At this moment? At this moment, regulation? Probably, I would say so in the, the medical sector, especially with the rise of uh, medical robots. Okay. Because right now, doctors are already able to use medically uh, robot-assisted surgeries, where they're just, it's like a joystick. They have a joystick and they're moving it around while the robot would, is doing the actual work. Mm -hmm. So regulations there might be... But why do we need to regulate that? Well, you want to make sure that that robot is as flawless as possible, right? Right. But I don't think... I mean, is, maybe I'm being a little bit naive here, but I don't think medical institutions are going to invest in some faulty technology, right? Because my thing is just because government puts in a regulation stating, oh, it has to be proven right by these amount of checks. Maybe there already is one saying that you have to have these amount of checks that basically state that your technology is working before you put it out to be used on actual patients, right? So I think scientists are doing their research. Again, maybe they're not, and you are correct. that There should be more regulations in that field. But I don't think, again, scientists will necessarily, or medical institutions in general, will invest in something that is so faulty that they're willing to use it on patients. Well, one way the, way, the reason I came up with that is that sometimes what happens is that, so to provide evidence, right? So they usually do that by confidence level or success rate. So what they could do is that you could use selective data to prove their, to prove that their technologies, you know, is passing or bypass or going beyond the success rate. Right. That's where it can be, you know, misused. Okay. That's okay. where it can be wrong. Another one would obviously be, you know, um, ethical guidelines. Because 
well, let's say you wanted an AI that would emulate human emotions. And perhaps they need some humans to actually, you know, to get the data from them. And mm-hmm. some people might not be okay with that for whatever reason, right? So right. some ethical guidelines or, or things of that sort. But strictly the medical sector? Or is this something that we should place even where so- even even when scientists are trying to continually innovate this technology? Should government interfere with their advancements at this moment and say, you can't do this, this, and that to prevent A, B, and C, right? At this moment, as far as I know, I don't think there are any improvements being so radical that it requires the government to step in. Right. I don't, I I mean, I haven't really seen any of that, right? Now, given that, you probably, the government might probably have to step in with self-driving cars. That's the new phenomenon right now. Because there was an incident where a self-driving car did run over an engineer. No, I never heard of that. They were testing it. Yeah, they were testing it. And a lot of the times they tested by putting the engineers who built that in front of the car. It was very hard to watch because it went at the engineer full speed. So that's wow. Okay. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's where I was like, I think we should be a little bit safe with self-driving cars. Also, not just spring it into the industry. Especially, it's okay. So, or for people, the to government buy. would have to step in, where in situations where this technology has a possibility of. Of contacting with the human, like mm-hmm. having a human contact, you know, like a direct contact, car, for example, any sort of transportation, for example, a machines, right, that and whatnot, right. Because Elon Musk stated that he has already went out of his way talk to Congress. He talked to President Obama about this. Yeah, yeah. Where he basically said that we need regulations before it's too late. Yeah. Because in his example that he used, I think maybe I think you may have seen this also. This remind me what was it? It was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The example he used was when cars were invented, a lot of fatalities Occurred. occurred for about 10 years and then the government stepped in and said these are the regulations you have to follow you know, you know seatbelt regulations and he believes that 10 years is too late and at that point AI could reach to reach a level where it's already advancing humans and we can't do anything about it like this sounds very post-apocalyptic but I also feel like it's very it's possible possible because Ten years ago, we were looking at AI like a fantasy. <laughs> like, that's way down the road. Even if it, it's not even possible, it may or may not happen, right? And now we've reached a point where it is very possible, and in about 50 to 100 years, we could actually reach that level. So, knowing that, should the government step in now? I know you just answered it, but knowing this, do you think the government should step in now to prevent it, or should it wait a little bit further down the road because when is too late it should it should definitely keep a big eye out of it on it now um 
I've read a lot of articles where China was using very advanced uh, identif identification technology to identify people. That's basically a form of AI, right? So like, they use this, a subset of AI called computer vision, basically right. use machine learning to identify faces, okay. right? And you can build models so accurate that yeah. if you have a guy that's like 100 meters away, you can identify his face with like 99% accuracy. Even we can't do that, mm -hmm. but the computers are able to do that. And that then comes in the question of privacy issues, right? So I think if the government were, were, able, were to step in right now, it would definitely be in the sec sector of cybersecurity and privacy. Right. That's definitely... Cybersecurity is still a huge, huge problem. It will be, it will start to become a bigger and bigger problem. Right. In the future, because we're, we're moving, a, moving away, away from traditional warfare. So then how do you bring scientists to the table and tell them, basically, you can't do this, this, and that? Because that's where government is now interfering with innovation, correct? But then again, are there a lot of scientists like Elon Musk, right, where they believe that this needs to be regulated? Is this a majority belief? I remember uh, reading somewhere that most of the researchers right. within this field do agree that there's a potential danger, mm -hmm. but they're not so exactly sure about regulating it, per se. Right. Like, some of them would be fine with having talks as to where it should be guided, mm -hmm. where the research should be guided. But the majority opinion is that the majority, I'm, I'm not sure about the whole majority, but I've heard quite a few people within this field say that, yes, there's a possibility that it could be dangerous. One, not from it, you know, like overpowering us, but from it being faulty. Mm -hmm. Right, and they agree that you know there should be some sort of there should be a talk between the government and the researchers, the the ones working in the field, just so that it's guided in the right way, right. and that both parties are aptly uh, informed about the innovations. So is it the majority? I'm gonna say yes. Okay. They probably agree that yes, it can be dangerous in the wrong hands but will they agree about the regulation I'm not so sure because once again like this technology is like the more the newer the technology you invent like the more advanced it is the more you you have the desire to invent more right and so sometimes the desire just becomes so great that it becomes hard for you to accept any viewpoint otherwise so, that's what I think. There's this game of Go. Have you heard of the game Go? The Chinese, the old Chinese game? Yeah, it's believed to be the oldest board 2000, game. Yeah, 2,000 years old. 2,500. Eh, sorry, didn't mean to correct you like that. Oh, 2,500? <laughs> sorry, 2,500. It's an yeah. old game, yeah. It's an old game, yeah. Um, so, computer program called AlphaGo. AlphaGo, yeah. Right? Beat Google's. Lee Sedol. Four to one. A ranked player. But this isn't a game like tic-tac-toe or chess, right? Yeah. There are about 10 to the 170th possible move. 
moves, like 10 raids with 170 possible moves. And the following year, AlphaGo Zero is developed and beats AlphaGo 100 to zero. And it learned to play this game with zero human interaction. So are we advancing quicker than we expected? <laughs> and how do we build AI to a point where we can still have control over it? One, yes, we are advancing fast. Like, so, so I was doing it so last, last year? Was it last year? Yeah, last year. As in 2017. Anyway, two years ago, I was, I was part of this Hyperloop team, right? And we had this issue of uh, security come up because we had our own uh, club warehouse to store all the parts. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to do we wanted to do this like little DIY project where we used the cameras from the laptops, and they would act as a security camera, right? So to do that, I'd use this thing called, like I said, the computer vision, as I said earlier. And so they'd have these these things called frameworks, libraries where you can use these computer vision principles and put them into action. And so I was using that and I just wrote a small program where it would recognize a face. Or that was, once it recognizes a face, it would send out an email to the respective administrators. And so, and I was just really amazed by that. You know, it's like all of that was like less than like 100 lines of code. Wow. Within less than 100 lines of code, I was able to get the camera to recognize the face and then simultaneously, and while recognizes it, send an email out. And send an email out, like, I'd say less than a one-tenth of a second. So this excites you, right? Oh, yeah. This, this excites me. I mean, I feel like this entire podcast, we've been talking about regulating AI and, like, looking down on it. But, again, I want to go back to the fact that this may excite a lot of people, and it is a very exciting um time for this type of technology again it's still in infancy but at a point it's not going to be in infancy anymore correct and again how far are we away from super intelligent ai would you say it's 100 years yeah i'd go with the majority opinion okay because there are some scientists that say that 100 years is honestly too far away it can it's going to be half that or maybe half of half of that right I could have just said one fourth (laughs) (laughs) so our intelligence is not just I don't think Tony likes the fact that we're talking about AI right now I think he's scared too he's scared also or is he part of the secret he's part of the system I feel like I feel like yeah (laughs) yeah he's he's definitely part of this system crazy it's a a crazy crazy bot (laughs) back to the point (laughs) Like, the thing is, not all AI is aimed to... When people make the AI, right, they make it with a purpose in mind. Like, it, Of course, it not all AI role. is for the... Um, it's not trying to reach that level. People are trying to make AI for the convenience of others, like Spotify arranging your most listened to music, right? Yeah, the um, recommendations. That's one that. specific example. The way I see it is that there's like there's two different types of intelligence, right? There's your your regular IQ, right? But then there's also your emotional intelligence. That's your emotions, emotional state, mm-hmm. right? And our intelligence, 
it for for us like it's a combination of both ai ai only sort of operates in the in the iq dimension in the sense that it only operates on a logic from the you know from that sort of perspective right our like our most of our emotions are almost we're like the emotions are like sort of the irrational part of yourself right mm -hmm. and um because of that, you know, AI, though it could pass us in terms of intelligence, it can be dangerous. I mean, like, no point, there's no doubt, you know, if it's like, well, let's say, like, the game right now, like this, right? If you're using it in a, in a warfare uh, situation, situation, right? Right. It's like, you have the, your enemy guy who's, has, like, super smart AI, you know, uh, mecha transformer stuff, right? Demetrius, what? <laughs> okay, okay. Oh. He's basically Optimus Prime. Yeah. You're saying okay, okay. Okay, basically what I'm saying is that you can it can be dangerous if it's used in a combat uh, situation. You have these AI controlled um, AI based like robots that you know that can preemptively plan stuff. Correct. Right? They can look forward in such a way that even we can do it. That case yes it, it can be dangerous but then again it's just that it just depends on what purpose mm -hmm. right like you take that the alpha go zero right it was created right. with the purpose that to be the best go player it was, it was a specific task right? yeah it had a specific task and it was able to do that because of its superior computational power right the, these computers like the computers that you have today they they process data in an unimaginable speed. And that's what gives them the edge over us, is that they can com compute uh, things faster than us, phenomenal, but phenomenally faster. Right. And so, how much time do we have before it gets dangerous? Again, I'm, it's not, it's, it's hard to predict. I mean, like 10 years ago, people didn't expect this to happen. Not, forget about 10, five years ago. They, they never expected self-driving cars. It was an idea, right? They thought, okay, you know, sometime in the future, maybe the next 10 or 15 years. So with all that, will AI be mankind's last great invention? If we're going to be dramatic about it. I don't know, man. A part of me says that it will be. Right. That the fearful part. But the other part of me says that People also thought about thought that about nuclear energy or nuclear bomb. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, we made nuclear bombs, so we might, you know, this might be the end of us. Because it was, said, it might still be. Who knows? Right. They said World War Three will World be War III a nuclear mess, right? And now they're saying World War Three will be with AI. <laughs> so, you pessimistic or optimistic? I don't know. I'm neither. It's like for me, it's just like. We need to be cautious. Actually, no. Now that I think about it, yeah, I'm pretty pessimistic about it. Really? Because you people will find it's easier to find bad ways to use something than find good ways to use something. You know? Okay. Because the way you wrote that article felt like there is chance for AI if we approach it differently, which if I believe we, you think, right? If 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 it's approached in a manner that is very attentive and with the clear, clear task in mind. I do believe that AI can be used for good and immense, immense good at that. 
but given the nature of people, right? It's like that quote from Spider-Man, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Right? And usually when we're given with like immense power, it's, it's very tempting for us to misuse it. Very, very tempting to use it for personal gains. And usually that means good for us, but pro- possibly bad for other people, right? It can, that, that's, usually, that, that's usually the case. So, as much as I like to stay optimistic about it, it's like I'll admit that I'll be I'm pessimistic about it, but in the inside, I'm just, it's like I'm just hoping for it to be positive. You know, hoping for it. To I think be. we're all. And hoping. there will be a positive effect, but right. it's just that with everything, there's always a positive and a negative component. There's a there's a there's an action and there's a reaction to it. And we just have to make it so that the reaction isn't too much. Good stuff. Yes. Good stuff. Well, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Um, I hope you had a good interaction with Tony. Who's whistling? Must be someone else.